This is Naked by the Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. Brought to you by Vladimesh Kobrestinska and Nectarios Lolios. And remember to subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help us share it with the world. Hey, Vladi. Hey, Nectarios. Happy Sunday to you, to London. <laughs> you sounded very excited when you said that. I'm in my sort of um, siesta mode because mm. uh, for me it's uh, 3, 15, 14 here in Islamabad. I'm currently in Islamabad. We moved from Lahore about three days back um, and I've had a nice... Um, okay, again, this is, it's, it, it does feel weird to talk about it a little bit because I know that a lot of our... I mean, you guys are in different parts of the world, obviously, but most of the world is still locked down. And I've had this sort of thought running through my mind even yesterday where we were at an offsite with a, one of our companies here nearby Islamabad in um, uh, like a village, and it was in this green farm. And we made pictures. We, we had masks. We were sort of you know, cautious, but um, on the picture itself, we didn't have masks. It was greenery all around and we were all smiling, although it was like a proper, you know, strategy offside and everything. And, you know, part of the team posted it online and, and I had this guilt feeling for like just, you know, sort of empathizing with a big part of the world. So now when I was about to tell you that I had, we we had the morning walk in the mountains here and did our yoga session and meditated. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to even share this with you? Because it's like, you know, and I, it doesn't mean that I don't think that you had a nice morning, but it's uh, a little bit of a, guilt session for the start Good. of the recording. just embrace the guilt i'm <laughs> very comfortable with you feeling guilty about this well i mean joking aside london was yesterday 15 16 degrees it was beautifully sunny and we went for a long walk Good. and uh, so so you can get your little moments of distraction or relief uh even even in the uk i think a couple of weeks ago when it was all kind of gray and miserable everybody was down but there is this sense of hope in the UK in particular, because mm. the government has announced a, a sort of timetable for gradually relaxing um, the lockdown and people going back to some sort of normality. Um, they announced that festivals will be allowed in the late summer and all the festivals have oh, sold really? out. And pe people are desperate for, for the old life, right? And, but of course, Britain being Britain, and I'm very conscious that I'm saying this on the podcast, is people are just desperate to go out and get drunk because that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe when we listen to this in summer, we'll laugh together. God knows what the conditions will be like. But anyhow, I mean, that's, let's not sort of go into the COVID rabbit hole. But uh, yeah, it was just a yeah. little bit of... I think we talked about it in the, the last extra, right? It was a similar situation where it's just we live in such a different sort of context at the moment, even two of us, um, although we share so much at the same time. Um, yeah. So, Dreaky. Um, mm. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, it was it was interesting sort of in our team, right? How it sort of resonated, different feelings about it. Um, I think it touched people differently. I mean, as is it always, but 
Yeah. Maybe it's worth just mentioning about pointing out. So Dricky van Rijk is an artist. Uh, we had Dricky on the guest episode as we alternate between the guest episode and the extra. Um, Dricky is somebody who used to have a corporate job and she found this creative itch and was really frustrated in the corporate life. And then through a kind of a big life event, she actually started making this her profession. She became a full-time artist and uh, to, to, to a large extent, a commercial artist, uh, because at some point she realized that people are actually interested in paying money for the art that she was creating. And then it also turned a bit into a commission uh, play where she actually had the opportunity to pay what other people, sorry, paint what other people wanted to, 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 to pay for. Um, so we had a lot of discussion around this conflict between the commercial side and the creative side, but also we had a conversation around the challenges that you face as as a creative. And yeah, and her own mental health issues, right, and struggles, and the whole relationship to art, and and I, I, we also sort of touched the the topic of using art as a I, I sort of call it a healing power, or just how it can help you heal those your own personal traumas. And distress. Um, so, Nick Harris, I'm looking at you, and I, and I know that I, we've had a when we were. I want to sort of take us back a little bit. So, when we were thinking even about bringing somebody like Dricky on the podcast, right? We were quite clear at, in the team and in the Future Farm in general um, that this theme around expanding the box of a typical entrepreneur is very important for us um and then we sort of brought Drakey on board and it was it was actually I liked how it happened because it was also sort of serendipity because she wrote to us so this is maybe also call out to you guys if you have a story to share and you think uh, or that or you think that it could resonate with others and it is related to sort of the entrepreneurial path in life and mental emotional well-being please do reach out we do have guests like that on the podcast um so Dricky is one of them and um I managed to connect quite a lot to it. I know that you and I also then discussed it, that maybe there was also the element around sort of a sisterhood and as a woman-to-woman story, because there were a lot of elements to it. But um, how are you looking at this whole sort of theme around, you know, or let me ask differently. When I, or somebody asks you or tells you like entrepreneur, who do you think about like what what sort of pops up in your mind um so uh i used to do this thing when i would speak at conferences and to talk about fintech and i would get people in the room because it usually you t- would talk to a banking audience right and i would say i want everybody in the room just to close your eyes and imagine you're talking to a startup founder what do you see in front of you Oh, you did this. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I would say, okay, I give you, I give you a couple of seconds, and then you open your eyes, and let me tell you what you, what I think you saw. You saw a twenty-year-old in a hoodie, maybe mm. with a beard, sitting in a corner of a cool cafe, tapping away in their laptops, typically a MacBook, and people would laugh. And I say, well, guess what? The average age of a fintech entrepreneur is forty-three. The average age of a successful fintech entrepreneur is even older than that. So let's start there, because I wanted to explain to people that all these assumptions we make about entrepreneurs, especially about tech entrepreneurs, were wrong. 
Um, because it goes back to, we have got this cliche image that comes from Silicon Valley that is like the, what you see, the, the, the caricature, what you would see in a sitcom or in a movie, right? And reality is very different. Um, but in this context, we started also having this conversation about entrepreneurs are very different people. And for me, the trigger was meeting this wonderful guy called Chris Howard, who started a sort of accelerator for the music business where he works with people in the music business, both creatives, but also engineers, and gets them to understand that in order to succeed, they need to look at themselves as businesses rather than just mm. the creative side or just the artistic side. Uh, so my definition of entrepreneurship now is very different from what it was two years ago. Because um, I, I only knew tech founders and then you like the baker around the corner or the hairdresser around the yeah. corner yeah what but at least you? it was out of the tech bubble um mm -hmm. i'm thinking i was always intrigued and i think we talked about it a little bit um in the in the last episodes or some yeah some some of the episodes in the past um that i was intrigued by the similarities between the high performers and sort of I've seen the performers and artists or creative industry, whatever we call them or tag them, um, fitting the box. And I was intrigued by the sort of relationship and similar similar journey, similar path, roller coaster. I remember a bunch of conversations um, where people were sort of pointing to that, you know, the Hollywood superstars, like the actors, actresses, they actually go through a similar journey than a tech entrepreneur. I mean, they also have somebody to invest to them. They have to sell themselves. Um, there is this pressure of being on the stage. So the limelight is on you. Do we say limelight or do they just mm -hmm. make that up? Okay. No, no, no. So this one's well from the category. I actually uh, take the right one. Um, so, so that always sort of intrigued me or my curiosity. Um, and I think when I started going deeper and started actually understanding that those people, it was more from personal experiences. So, such as this, to have a friend of mine who is a designer. And we've had a number of conversation where, uh, conversations where he was actually saying that, you know, in like when I went through the art school, they never taught us or exposed us to make or learn how to make a living from art. Um, it was all about the creative soul and the sort of, it's very noble, right? The, the or it, it has been at least positioned to them uh, in that way. And then he... Um, he's been very articulate about the struggle that he he has, uh, and I think there was a lot that also Dricky was sort of relating to that struggle <clears throat> around the create creativity and putting yourself on the canvas or on the stage, the, the soul that is out there, and then being able to be your admin, business, uh, you know, all the other roles, just to make able to pay your bills and and sustain and i want to go deeper into this with you um also later in today because when i was reading i was doing some research for before this episode around the i was i was curious about what some statistics says about 
the types of mental health pressures that artists go through and really wanted to understand whether my hunch around the similarity of the journey of the sort of typical entrepreneurs that we define them is um, whether it's linked to what the artists go through. And yeah, so so it, it's very interesting. I mean, the answer very much is yes, big time. So it, it is still very interesting subject for me to, to sort of go go into. But yeah, I think there's a lot it's, of link. And... Um, yeah, I, I generally have a problem with the nobility of art, mm. right? So for me, I find it much more normalizing to have a conversation with somebody who's doing something different for whatever motivation and the experience is very similar. So that's what I enjoyed about our conversation with Tricky. So ultimately when we talk about the ex extending the definition of entrepreneurship, it is, a, it is saying, look, we all have mental health challenges and there are similarities. The more you're exposed, the more you are the face or the essence of the business, the more likely you are to experience that but i i am so so it's kind of funny because we draw both from our own biases you come from this because you've got friends who are artists and you actually are kind of you you connect with them on the nobility of what they do and i have friends who are artists or creatives and i connect with them with a slight kind of cynicism about the nobility focus mm -hmm. and saying and in the end of the day it's a business um but it comes back to the same thing it comes back to the fact that um, it doesn't matter if we talk to somebody who does sport professionally or if they're high performance in any capacity, the experiences are still loneliness, imposter syndrome, which is the theme that we're kind of talking about at the moment overall in the future farm. Um, the extreme pressures uh, to succeed, the competitiveness, which is also yeah. a startup thing, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe, um, no, maybe I'll stop you. I I like what one of our um, one of our friends actually, but um, he commented on our Drakey post on LinkedIn, and he I'm gonna just read it out. I hope he's okay with that. But I but I, I liked it a lot because he was driving or he took his own reflecting on his own experience, where he says like, back in the dark ages when I was singing all of us making it treated our careers just like good entrepreneurs should with art forms like art music you've got no other choice um and that's just one right of the experience um when i was looking yeah, he, through the yeah tell me maybe he's, you know he's, more he's an opera singer no, opera no, no, he's singer. a trained opera singer yeah yeah and then i was um going through the resources and materials that Driki shared with uh, you guys that we have on our podcast page. And there were a bunch of books and, and most of the books were around uh, how to be an artist, but it goes around, you know, what they don't teach you at the art school. And it's like the things you don't, that, that they don't teach you at the art school is how you become your own finance business and marketing manager, as well as researcher, curator, and administrator. And, yeah, I, to be honest, that was that experience of mine. And you're right, it's biased, but I think um, that is a major struggle that mm. it is an entrepreneurial journey to be an artist and to have that creative form of of whatever output that you put out there or your value that you create, create um, for the society and not being able to be paid for it. 
maybe it's a nice transition to some of the sort of, for me, it was a little bit shocking statistics, although I think we, I somewhere inside, like I knew that that's probably the state of um, industry, but um, maybe a little bit more of uh, the research that I, that I sort of found. Um, so found this report that was saying that the artists and creative industry suffer from the effects of uncertain employment or the uncertainty, again, similar, right, to the general or to more traditional and entrepreneurial journey, low pay, and the need to be willing and able to work at all times under all conditions. Um, the artists have three times the level of sleep disorders than the general population. They experience symptoms of anxiety 10 times higher than the general population, symptoms of uh, depression five times higher, and just the last one was around suicidal ideation planning and attempts that is uh, much higher than, again, the, the wider population. Um, it was attributed, again, to the financial insecurity. And mm. the, the big one was also around the fact that artists and creatives are very often expected to work for free. Mm. Um, so, but, you know, I'm, I'm reading this not, you know, I mean, you can just, everybody can just Google this, right? So, but I, I found that when I was reading through it, I was thinking about that research uh, that uh, now hopefully our friend Michael Freeman uh, put together uh, in 2015 about yeah. the mental health struggles of entrepreneurs. Twice more likely to and suffer from depression, twice more likely to deal with suicidal ideation. Yeah, yeah. Um, three times Here more likely go. to engage in substance abuse, um, six times more likely to suffer from ADHD. So, yeah. 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 So... So what, right? Um, so one for me, the takeaway was that the, 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 the it, it is a similar journey. The roller coaster is sort of seems like we are reading the same statistics. Um, it is not widely acknowledged. I don't think so. But again, maybe you guys will disagree. But at least as you Nectar said, from the bias and the sort of friends in my circles um, where we discuss this, they don't not a lot of them see as entrepreneurs and see themselves as entrepreneurs. And there's also a little bit of that tension between the relationship between money and the creatives, right? So it's like, mm, I yeah, it's like I don't even sometimes like want to talk about like how much money or are they there's one of them even shared with me this experience of um shame attached to ask for or price the, the 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 art right whether it's a design or it's a painting because people or maybe the wider society is not used to um sort of appreciate it at that level so there is this self-value self-worth question um yeah i have one big other takeaway but i yeah I'm curious what you think about all of this. So for me, let's take it back to what we want to achieve with the Future Farm. We want to normalize a conversation around mental health for people who are exposed to pressures in a unique way. Maybe that's another way of phrasing it because uh, our business builders have pressures that you don't necessarily experience in the same way when you have a normal job in inverted commerce. And ultimately, entrepreneurs... Uh, the similarities between the creatives um, and other high performers fall into the same bucket. The reason I mention this is because remember when we launched uh, last summer, 
one of the things we had was from people in the corporate world who were in very senior position always also came to us and said, well, actually yeah. what you're talking about is, is also relatable to me. Why are you talking only about the business builders? Mm-hmm. And there is a thing here that we haven't really, there's a word that we haven't introduced, which is risk. Entrepreneurs are risk takers, right? They take, they put everything on the line and with the risk comes also the identity piece. And this is where I think is, is most similarity with um, uh, somebody like Tricky, because it's a big risk that you're taking by starting, starting to make a living out of your art and having this conflict between the commercial and the creative side. And at the same time, your identity is completely, completely the same as your business. Yeah. There is no yeah. line, right? Yeah. The one more thing that when you said, like, what are we ultimately trying to do with Future Farm and what I thought about when was sort of reflecting on Drakey's um, conversation was that um, we are trying to also aim for that wider systemic change, right? So it's not only about... because. A lot of the articles, so I was Googling, right? It's like arts, mental health, connection of artists to entrepreneurs, etc. You want to expand sort of what's out there, how people think about this. And I have found a lot of articles that were uh, training or trying to skill artists for how they cope with mental health challenges. And I found this brilliant piece, which was challenging this view. And I was like, yes, this is, this is exactly what sort of resonates with our view, which is that you can try to train or skill skill up the resilience of the individual, but there was this, um, I love what they say, is that it is similar to as if you have overburdened employees in a workplace and you give them the color uh, coloring books to sort of relax instead instead of letting them go home without the guilty feeling that they're not sort of committed to work. Mm. And I was like, yes nailed it right that that's sort of i think acknowledgement in a more broader sense as an industry that we need to sort of change this as as opposed to focusing a lot on how the artists themselves should be necessarily um pumping up their resilience and build up their skill set to you know cope with mental health and emotional health challenges if the wider sort of environment is not necessarily nurturing for them or it's not designed for them to thrive so that was a big sort of takeaway for me for from from that conversation or generally just when looking on this subject you mentioned at the beginning you also wanted to talk a little bit about the connection between art and healing yeah um and I noticed as we were talking and imagining the people we've spoken to that there's actually been a few people that we had on the podcast, not just Ricky who does this professionally, right? But other people like James was talking about his painting, right? Uh, People write poetry, people find creative outlets as part of their mechanism to deal with whatever happens in their life, right? But you, you have more insights around that? I was thinking actually about our third co-founder. So because I was I was trying to think when in my life the creative sort of path or arts played a role as a healing. Um, 
nothing came to my mind straight away, to be honest. I always was inclined towards art. Actually, maybe piano. So that that helps when I'm, and that's more in a, it wasn't related to a traumatic experience, but when I'm like in a moment of mostly nostalgia or when I'm sort of like, in 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 down and I also when I'm alone and yeah that that that's a moment where I go there because I create that bubble it really does create a bubble and I express the emotion in a completely different way um so maybe yeah so you see I found it now as I'm thinking and talking to you but I was thinking about our third co-founder Nadim that uh you guys maybe have heard maybe not but um I sort of went I was able to observe how he used art and uh, in his case it was painting as a healing mechanism and how powerful it was actually for and for him really in a sort of a traumatic experience um so that sort of was yeah it was quite eyes opening to be honest and he never was painting before and now he's like you know one the fact that he's very sort of there is also a moment of proud like he's proud about it right but at the same time, he created that um, safe space and he goes there a lot still into that safe space. Um, I think the hard part around it is how to preserve it afterwards as well, even after that healing sort of phase. Um, but yeah, I think it allowed, and I don't want to speak for him, but it was, uh, again, like I was able to sort of be shoulder to shoulder, which was, I find as a, as a privilege, but it was very special to see how the two, actually it was four hours per week, allowed him to connect in a very vulnerable and caring way with himself and, you know, disconnect from all that sort of um, disturbing environment that he was sort of facing at that time. So. Mm. What about yourself? Are you are you using any creative forms, <laughs> or do you have experience? Yeah, I I this is where it might get interesting. I don't see myself as a creative person. I always struggle with hmm. an element of I don't know. For me, creativity is something that I find really difficult to grasp. Where I kind of find ways to express myself is usually with things like cooking. Um, oh, and I, I do, yeah. I do actually experience that, that as as a creative process, but it also does something else, because I know that at the end of it, there's going to be a result. And for me, it mm, it has okay. a healing effect because it works against the uncertainty of a longer process, which is the business or the multiple businesses, where you wake up every day and you know something will go wrong, and you have to fire fight, or you worry about money and funding and all the other stuff, right? But when I kind of feel, okay, you know what? I need to get my mind off things. I'm going to bake a cake now. I know exactly my creativity is in the choice of ingredients, in the choice of what I want to do, but also know that after one, two, three, however many hours it takes, I will have a product and usually it's going to be all right. Mm. So it is it is a very, very concretely uh, a tool I use to make myself feel better. And on top of that, it's lasted a little bit longer. Now, with lockdown, there's been a lot of cake, which means that both, both <laughs> way and I, we put on a bit of weight. But at the same time, I know exactly how to use it. And it does give me that sense of creative excitement. I mean, my creativity goes way back when I was a dancer and I was going to be a choreographer, but that never materialized. But visual oh, arts, painting I'm, and I'm, stuff. I'm, is, I'm sensing that there is a 
whole thread of um, oh, yeah, 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 theme yeah, in there. This choreographer, I never went. Yeah. That <laughs> conversation that is one. for my, my therapist and not for you, Vladi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get enough of uh, votes or likes or whatever. We're going to create a peer pressure. No. I hear you. I hear you. Mm. Uh, and, the, and it's interesting what you're saying, right? Because I was, I would not natural, not naturally link the create creative process with, let's say, also following some some guideline and having that sort of security or certainty of an outcome. But I hear you. Um, I think it, it doesn't have a sort of strict boundaries or again maybe some template around how the creative process goes for whom but um the, i think it's a beautiful thing, space yeah no go go there's one thing that stayed with me particularly out of tricky's episode which was this no matter what happens to you you just show up yeah and 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 she was using this for the creative process right even if you don't feel inspired you just go and, and you read about writers who say you know what I just have a practice where every day I would sit down and I might not write anything for eight hours, but I'll be there. And the next day I'll be there again. At some point, something will start. And this just showing up as a tool to also manage your mental health, your emotional well-being, just making sure you have a routine because it's worse if you don't in a way, right? Because the distractions can take you away. Um, I, I, we had the conversation with Ricky and not long after I started my journaling and there was like day three, I thought, mm, do I really want to do it? Um, and then I thought, no, you're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to remember Ricky, you just show up. And that was one of the most rich kind of entries I wrote that day because at some point things started flowing. So that's a big takeaway for me when I'm thinking about people who aren't, the stereotypical entrepreneurs and they have a different kind of context in their life, uh, how they deal with what well, one of the tools is just showing up. Yeah. I like that very much. Um, I hope we will be able to have more non-typical, but maybe we can drop that word. Just, you know, entrepreneurs who also define themselves as let's say athletes or performers, you know, who, don't tick all the typical boxes on our show. Well, we have a couple of names in the pipeline. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, so the last bit, because you, you, what you described, Nectarius, was a little bit as having the ritual, the having the habit, right, of showing up. And uh, the quote that I found from the author of Atomic Habits was um, going entrepreneur's mind, athlete's body, artist's soul. And I thought that that's beautiful. And maybe that's a nice place to end, at least on my side. Absolutely. Have a good Sunday and, and everybody, wherever you are, uh, in whatever day you are listening to this, because it might not be Sunday, um, show up for whatever you have out there maybe try to experiment with art as a way to help you find your own space, whether it's healing or just your own creativity. Um, it's an exciting journey. You've been listening to Naked by the Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. To learn more about our work, sign up to our newsletter or visit thefuturefarm.co where you can also apply to be a naked guest. 
Naked is produced by Dan Turgill and edited by Catherine Walker. And remember, subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help share it with the world.